This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 13. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hi, everybody. It's Andrea here. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I don't know about you, but have you been to the grocery store lately and just noticed the sheer amount of options that we have? All these choices. And when you go to a restaurant, you got to decide what are you going to eat on the menu? Oh my gosh, choice actually is meant to be a wonderful, good thing. But did you know that there's a paradox of choice? And that's the book I'm highlighting today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because this can't come at a better time. When I read this book, I can't even tell you how much it made me feel, well, I guess human, because choice was kind of stressing me out. (laughs) And now I know there's actually a dark side to choice. And it was from reading this book, and it's so fantastic. You're going to learn lots and lots of wonderful, actionable nuggets by the end. Welcome to the podcast. This is where I highlight books in 15 minutes or less. Although today I'm going to admit there is so much content in this book. It might take me a little bit longer than 15 minutes. Um, And I suck out all the positive psychology and actionable advice and I, I give it to you on a platter so that you don't have to necessarily sit down and read the whole entire book. However, you know what? If you want to delve in a little deeper and you want to investigate a little bit more, I highly recommend buying this book because I can't touch on everything that he went into detail in in this book and I really do I really do emphasize supporting the author and and this book is just incredible. It's you're it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> all right, so today in this week it is The Paradox of Choice: Why More is Less by Barry Schwartz. This is about how the culture of abundance robs us of satisfaction. So it's how the culture of abundance robs us of satisfaction. His book is so good and it highlights and allows us to explore the darker side of freedom. Can you believe that, that there's actually a darker side to freedom? So we have all these choices, we have all this freedom, but there's a dark side to it. All right. So Barry Schwartz, he's a psychologist and a professor of social theory and social action. He has numerous best-selling books and many, many TED Talks. He actually has a TED Talks on the paradox of choice. I highly recommend that you listen to that. It's so good. Okay, he's a world-renowned expert on positive psychology and of the psychology of work and what influences all decisions. So you can see how decisions and choice kind of fit together. And so in this book, it's an overview of his book and about it's all about being aware of choice overload. So basically, choices can overwhelm us. And also it's questioning your decision before you make and before you make your decision 
decision. It's like considering all these things that he's going to talk about. So choice becomes actually a paradox and it actually causes, sometimes it can lead to other things and feeling like you've got missed opportunity, that you feel like if only and you have regret and also, or social comparison and just, or even choice disappointment. Uh, and did you know that it can actually even lead to depression? So this is huge. So this book is amazing and it really will help you. And it does start off, I'm not going to lie, with a little bit of doom and gloom. And it tells us about the paradox of choice. And then, but the great thing is he does offer um, what we can do about it, what we can do about choice. And it allows us to really go to a place that we can take action in our life. So let's jump right in. So we are in a culture of abundance and we uh, this abundance can rob us of our satisfaction and it actually ends up rendering the consumer helpless. Uh, he also says that um, this book will provide you with insight, whether you're buying jeans, whether you're selecting a doctor or choosing a vacation, everyday decisions are becoming more and more complex. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. I mean, how many toothpaste choices are there? Oh my gosh, there's sensitive, whitening, fluoride, total care. It's just incredible that it's, it actually makes you not sure on your decision. So this book basically essentially highlights this idea of choice overload. And so what we're going to do is talk first about when we choose. So it's cute. He says, let's go shopping. (laughs) So within this section of the book, he talks about how there are so many options. And if you just walk into a supermarket, you can see how many choices and how many options there are for us. Um, Comparison shopping, people will go online and they'll look for the best prices. So comparison and lots of choices for prices. Um, Also, he talked about um, how our options increase. Um, So as our options increase, our psychological stakes rise accordingly. So the more options that we have, it affects our well-being. So think about it, supermarkets, think about gadgets. Oh my gosh, there's so many options for gadgets. Um, Shopping by mail. I don't know about you, but if you go and you search, sometimes you have to look for reviews and things like that because there's just so many options. Um, Also shopping for knowledge. I mean, what school are we going to go to? What course are we going to take? There's so many options for us, which is meant to provide us with freedom, but it's actually not. And we're going to get into that later. Also shopping for entertainment, right? What movie are we going to (laughs) watch? So um, we always question too, like whether or not the things are good or bad choices. So the other thing he touched on, um, that there are also more choices being exposed to us now in modern society because we have to figure out like medical plans, retirement plans, medical care. And there's so many options before some of these places would offer bundles or packages where you don't have to decide that is just, you know what, like utility bills, for example, it's all, here you go. You're going to be provided your utilities, but So the sheer amount of things that we have choices over is unbelievable. And like we even have choices on what do we want to look like? We can choose beauty and we can choose, um, you know, we can choose who we love. We can choose 
all kinds of things. So we can choose our religion, we can choose how we love, who we want to be, all those things. So when we choose, we have so many choices. And then he talked about how we choose and deciding and choosing was uh, is what's becoming very dis- difficult. So choosing well is difficult is how he put it. So decisions have dimensions, right? And they have consequences. So most decisions involve steps. So how he described it is, first of all, we figure out a goal. Then we evaluate the importance of the goals, and then we have an array of options. We evaluate the options that will best meet our goal, and then we pick the option. And then later you use the consequences of choice and and modify your goals. So this information gathering um, seems like a very straightforward process, but when you are bombarded by so many options, it makes it very difficult and very challenging for people to become feel like they're more susceptible to error and um, the complexity of the decision and the choices create a lot of burden on our cognitive resources and our, and we become challenged not to mention it takes a whole bunch of time uh, the other thing he talked about was, This idea of when only the best will do. So sometimes um, we seek to only accept the best. And these people are called maximizers. So if you have a tendency that only the best will do, your category is called maximizer. So you need to be assured that every purchase you make and every decision you make is the best one it could be. You can see how that would affect you. And the idea kind of a perfectionism comes to mind for me on that one. Um, And then there's the idea of the satisficer. Now, this isn't about settling, uh, but it is about um, good focusing on things that are good enough and not worrying about the possibility that there might be something better. So this is a better approach when it comes to choosing, as you can tell. So he touched on that. And then he talked about why we suffer. And so why is it that the choice, all this, this paradox of choice, how is it affecting us? He went into great detail how freedom and autonomy is critical to our well-being. And so when we are exposed to so many choices, that this actually is meant to contribute to our well-being, but we don't seem to be benefiting from studies and um, numerous studies that he isolated within this book. We don't seem to be benefiting from it. So choice was meant to give us what we want in life, but studies on happiness and subjective well-being show that the need to choose ever like even more now and more aspects of life, they seem to be causing us to become more distressed actually. And it's it's causing us to feel that there is a downside to abundance and choice. It actually adds to the list of trade-offs. So trade-offs have psychological consequences. So um, for example, when we feel like, oh, like if I choose this, um, say I was going to go to BC or I was going to go to Italy. Um, there's both wonderful choices, but if I go to BC, then there's a trade-off of what I'll be missing in Italy, for example, and vice versa. So it has psychological consequences. And what they're saying is that that trade-off, the consequence of trade-off is actually causing us 
to not feel that sense of happiness and is causing actual stress. The other thing he talked about is missed opportunities. So there's so many great options. And I just used the example of two vacations. So not so no option is going to meet all your desires, but there will be some trade-offs. And the idea is that because there's such an abundance of choice, each new option adds more trade-offs. In, the, in his book, he called it opportunity costs. So there's a cost with, you know, so many options and so many choice. And we feel like we're missing out or passing up on opportunity. And so these trade-offs in decision-making make people feel unhappy or actually indecisive. So have you ever had so many options, like you just can't decide? Oh my gosh, I can't decide. Um, What comes to mind is my little niece. Um, I think she had an option to stay at the cottage or they or go to Canada's Wonderland, leave and go to Canada's Wonderland. And they're both such great options. She's like, oh my gosh, I can't make a decision. And it was so cute because that kind of shows you there's a trade-off for both. And it makes it very hard to make a decision. Also, um, we end up avoiding decision because just from the conflict and the trade-off and feeling of missing opportunities allows us to just, you know, freeze up and almost like not even be able to make a decision. You can see the paradox of choice happening here. All right. The other thing is the problem of if only and that feeling of regret. So the sometimes what we do is when we make a decision, we feel worried or we focus on what we passed up. So it's like, okay, um, I chose to marry this person. (laughs) And then I started thinking, oh, but you know, John had all these great characteristics and uh, he did this and he did that and he would take me out on to this place. And it shows you that maybe you're focusing on what you passed up. And now that might be a really bad example, but it's the first one that came to my mind. Um, But there's this problem of regret when we make choices. So when you make decision, it's about turning down another opportunity as well. And it doesn't turn out well. It actually has a very um, negative feeling. It's post-decision regret. It's where we look back and we think, hmm, I've made the decision, but did I make the right one? And also there's something called anticipated regret, which he talked about. And it's about already before you decide, you're thinking about how if you decide that, you might be regretting something else. And we have what's called an omission bias. So we leave parts of the stories out sometime as well um, in order to support our choice. So the upside of regret is that it can take our, we can take our decision making a little more seriously. We can imagine scenarios, we can look closely at the decision and we can make, um, when we're making um, decisions and choosing. So there is an upside to regret. (laughs) Thank goodness, right? All right. I know it's getting, this is why we suffer in terms of choice. And it's this paradox of choice meant to bring us all this freedom, but it's actually you know, affecting us on many levels. The other thing is, um, decision disappointment. So dissatisfaction with the option that you do choose. And what happens and what he talked about is we have this thing that call call, 
called, sorry, called adaptation, and it plays a role in our level of satisfaction. So I'm sure you've heard of a hedonic adaptation where we get really used to the environment that we're in and like, you know, that car that was so exciting when we first pulled it into the driveway or we first drove it off the parking lot felt so exciting to us. But then we get used to it. We're driving it like, you know, like it's no big deal, but it still is a big deal. And this is a la- this is an inevitable way that we're going to sum- somehow eventually feel and cause is going to cause disappointment. So this is um, a sense of dissatisfaction or disappointment in our decision because we actually just adapt and we get used to the things that we have. And so one of the things he suggested is to be grateful for your choices and what you do have and express gratitude. It kind of can help with that. And we'll talk a little bit about what we can do too at the end of this. All right, so the other thing he talked about, which is why we suffer in terms of the paradox of choice, is circumstances of comparison. So I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I get a little you know, down when I might search or, or go through Instagram and you see other people and other people's choices and you see all these amazing people doing amazing things. And for me, what I do is like, oh my gosh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Oh, she's doing this and she's so successful. Maybe my path is, you know, I have to switch my path or change. And it's amazing how social comparison is actually damaging and modern life seems to be conspiring to make our experiences less satisfying, uh, partly because there's so much available that we're exposed to. And so many people have so many options and choices that there's a richness around us. And the way he described it in the book was fantastic and how we're comparing our experiences and People compare to other people for evaluation purposes, and this is where it's um, dangerous because we compare to other people for a baseline, and it's causing us to have these really high expectations and this social comparison, and we compare with status and position and all these things, and studies show that unhappy people have a tendency to ruminate more about social comparison. Did you hear that? Oh my gosh. So unhappy people have a tendency to ruminate more about social comparison. And do you want to hear the flip side of it? Rumination. Hold on. I got to pull it up here because it's good. All right. The flip side of it is that rumination and social comparison make up for more happy, unhappy people. So it goes both ways. So rumination about social comparison makes us unhappy and unhappy people have a tendency to socially compare. So studies show that it goes both ways and either way it does not help us in the future. It doesn't help us feel good and it allows us to make feel like we need to make certain choices. So you can see how social comparison affects our choices or everyone's picking that, so maybe I should be doing that. You see what I mean? It affects our choices when really, you know, and we'll get into the solutions too and what we can do in a little bit. All right, so comparison further complicates choice making. So we're looking to people around us and we're looking to others um, for social comparison, for status, for position, expectations, and it's actually affecting our choice making. All right. So, oh, there's one more. All right. So because we have limitless choice, we produce um, better results. 
but studies show that we feel worse about them. So we don't feel better about the results, but we we feel worse about them. So we produce better results because we have so much choice, but we're not feeling as a general population better. So the happiness quotient has been going uh, downhill for more than a generation. And the most dramatic manifestation of this decrease in societal happiness is the prevalence of clinical depression. So that was in the studies and that's what he's talking about in his book and this idea of um, it's the downside of choice and that it's affecting us on so many levels and we blame ourselves for bad results. So when we have a freedom of choice, if something doesn't work out, we have a tendency to blame ourselves for the bad choice and the bad results. So this is um, what Martin Seligman referred to as learned helplessness. So we need to be in a state of having control, and it's very crucial for our psychological well-being. But having that control to make choice and decision actually works. The downside of it is that we end up blaming ourselves for those bad results. I hope I explained that okay. All right, so so there's there's now um, there's a huge level of personal autonomy and control because we have so many choices, but there's a there's a, a shadow to that, a downside. All right. So the bottom line is, after hearing all that, I know it sounds pretty crazy, and it probably explains a lot to you. I know it does. It did for me when I was reading all this. Um, but the good news is, is there's some things that we can do. So our modern society and all these wonderful choices turn out to be a bittersweet. This overabundance of choice has a downside right? So like there is a downside to it as we talked about today. And the only, the only thing we can do is eliminate, um, or decrease the sources of distress. And now he's, he's even saying in his book, it's not easy, but the good news here is I have his 11 steps to help integrate these actionable nuggets into your life. That'll help you with this paradox of choice. All right. So let's jump in. Here we go. So choose when to choose. So only make choices on the things that are really important to you and and that are going to require that thinking and that focus. So really only make choices on what really matters. And then the next one was be a chooser, not a picker. Focus on what makes a decision important. So choose according to your own goals. Don't pick. So don't pick from a list. Choose what's going to work for you. So decide on your own. Make your own choices um, instead of picking from a list. He also suggests um, satisfy more, maximize less. We talked about that. Learn to accept good enough. Number four, think about think of opportunity costs as opportunity costs. So avoid thinking about attractive features of other options with regret. So don't look at other options. Don't even go there. Just, you know what, there are going to be opportunity costs. And the reality is that just avoid thinking about the attractive features of other options. Um, also make decisions non-reversible. Kind of like when you go to a a store and they have a no return policy. Did you know that return policies actually make you question what you purchase and make you go back and forth? So kind of make your decision, decision making a no return policy. 
Okay, number six, attitude of gratitude. So satisfied with what is. He also said number seven, regret less. So adapt good enough attitude, reduce your options at any chance that you get and practice gratitude. What comes up for me with this one is now what I do when I go to restaurants is I say, what are your top three favorite dishes? I'll ask the waiter so I don't have to sit there and make a choice on the menu. And then I know probably from there what's good out of those top three, what what feels like it's something that I really want to eat right now. So I don't know, that's just a little tip that I do. Um, Reduce your options, practice gratitude. Okay, let's see here, sorry. Number eight, anticipate adaptation. So just know that you're going to have adaptation, hedonic adaptation where you get used to things. So he suggests to acknowledge thrill, spend less time looking for perfect things and remind yourself how good things are already. Number nine, control expectation. Oh my gosh, this one's so hard. So reduce your options, that's one of the tips, and be a satisficer. Remember that good enough idea and allow for serendipity, which kind of means, you know what, control those expectations, but go with the flow. So uh, make sure that your expectations aren't too high and reduce those options. Number 10 is curtail social comparison or decrease social comparison. Stop paying close attention to how other people's around, or people around you are doing things or behaving or acting or living. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't serve us and it doesn't positively influence our choices. All right, number 11, learn to love constraints. Oh my gosh, this one's one of my favorites. So choose within constraints and and freedom within limits. So choice, rather, choice within constraints and freedom within limits. I love how you put that. Okay, so what stood out for me is this follow rules. So for example... I always wear my seatbelt. So if I follow rules, I don't have to make a decision. So for example, I never read the menu. That's one of mine. I don't read a menu. I ask what the top three dishes are that they like, and I pick from there. And you know what's funny is I end up getting a lot of variety that way and it's exciting and it feeds me in so many other ways. Okay, so those little mini tips, so follow rules, uh, that one to me stood out really, really like make your rules. Like, you know what? I don't make choices about this and this is just always what I do. This is it. Think about how you can make your own rules. So that's about it. Holy smoke, this book um, has so much in it and just be aware of choice overload. It can really, um, overwhelm you and it can really make basically us, it, it can overwhelm us. And it's a culture of abundance and actually robs us of satisfaction. All the studies show, you know, from missed opportunity, um, if only regret, you know, disappointment, comparison affects our choices. And it even affects our happiness because we feel a sense of depletion. So yes, this book really examines choice overload, but it also gives us those actionable fun things that we can do to really help with this paradox of choice. I hope you enjoy this. I know it's very deep and there's a lot of information here. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope it helped you. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books. I highlight coach and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. 
finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.